Gish. Yeah, we need to come up with something. We keep saying that. But uh, anyway, it's time for the Get Geekish podcast. I'm Derek uh, Bino over there. Hola. We're here to talk at you about some nerdy stuff. That's what we do. That you talk about nerdy stuff. What? It's what we do. We talk about nerdy, geeky stuff. And sometimes you're like, I'm not interested in that, but you still listen anyway, and we appreciate it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're not here to change the world. We're just here to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. True. True. <laughs> uh, this week, um, I mean, I guess for the past couple weeks, what's been a buzz on the internet was Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League finally released after... How many years has it been? I don't even know, but yeah, the, the internet has been ablaze with the Snyder snip on top of every every list and every conversation and Reddit board. And we were talking before this; neither of us have actually watched it yet. Both comic book junkies, superhero movie junkies, and this came out, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll put that on the list to watch sometime. It, it it it's and we were talking about this. It's hard to justify sitting down for four hours to watch a movie that. When the first time you watched it, you were like, eh. I haven't seen it since. Like, I've seen it once. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I could take it or leave it. And it's just one of those ones where I'm interested. I've seen some of the stuff added in there. I've seen some of the reviews. And it's, you know, if they give him his job back to expand the Snyderverse, as they're calling it, then I'll be a little bit more excited. But as of right now, it's just added scenes and everything that tie together. Um, do I think that he should have been moved off the pro- project? No, because he had to leave due to family concerns, so maybe they should have just pumped the brakes for it, but WB said no. They brought in Whedon. That's a whole thing. And then, yeah. So yeah, now we have the Snyder Cut, or the Snyder Snip, as you said. <laughs> as has you more said. of a ring to it. The Snyder Cut just sounds like a... I don't know, like a medical term. <laughs> the Snyder snip. <laughs> but I mean like that outpatient surgery. Right. But that <laughs> brought up the conversation of something that's been happening since maybe the seventies. I know definitely the eighties was you have director's cuts, you have definitive cuts, you have unrated cuts. Alternate you, versions. Alternate versions. And I mean for a while there, we had director's cuts, and then what? In like the late '90s, early 2000s, it seemed like every comedy that came out had an R-rated, if it was PG-13, or an unrated cut, mm-hmm. which added nothing really to the movie other than some nudity and some curse words. I mean, yeah, there was there was never anything that made the movie any better. There was just a few jokes that went a little bit farther or something like that, which mm-hmm. <sighs> wasn't always for the best. Yeah, it wasn't always for the best. I, I. I you're talking to somebody who has the perennial dirty mind of a teenage boy. Like, I giggle every time I see a pack of hot dogs at the grocery store. But humor in movies, like, there has to be that little bit of cleverness that goes on. Just going over the top for the sake of going over the top, to me, generally doesn't add anything to a movie. Right. Now, you can make jokes that are over the top that are hilarious. But if the joke itself is, <laughs> look, you're not supposed to see this in a movie, but we put it in a movie, <laughs> I don't really care for it. Well, that was a, that was the gimmick of a lot of early to mid-2000s movies was, you know, look it, it's somebody's junk. You know, yeah, I, I, and, feel, I feel like uh, Seth Rogen and a lot of the movies he was in, that group of people, it was like the mission was to see how many 
man parts they could put into a movie, and that was like the point of some of the that came out. Right. <laughs> um, but with this conversation, you know, we have the Snyder Cut where a whole bunch of people got up in arms and they demanded it to be released and it got released. Now people are demanding the uh, David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad because we all know that movie got cut to pieces because they wanted to make it more like Deadpool. They said, Deadpool is an R-rated movie. It's funny. Look at how that worked. We want that same thing. So, and I mean, when you watch Suicide Squad, and I'm talking about, you know, not the one that's coming out. When you watch the David Ayer one, you can tell, like, they cut out a lot of stuff and changed the tone of the movie because some scenes just don't fit. Yeah, there's a few parts where you get kind of lost what's going on or then something happens. You're like, wow, that character certainly changed their mood very quickly and then changed their mood back again in the next cut. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's one of those ones where like, uh, do, do, do movie studios need to be bullied into doing that? Um, why couldn't they just let directors have what they wanted, like their vision? Because, I mean, one movie that comes to mind that has three or four different versions of it now is Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. So you have Blade Runner, the first, you know, just the regular theatrical cut. You watch that, and it's it's entertaining, it's good, but it's also, there's parts of it where you're like, eh. Then you watch the director's cut, which adds a lot more depth to it, but even still, it's kind of like, huh? And then you watch the definitive cut, which if you've seen the other two, the definitive cut, you're just like, which version do I, which version is the real version? Because it gets to a point which one's the real one? Which one is the one that should be enjoyed? And I think whichever one you want, honestly. But there, there's I know there's a huge argument with Blade Runner itself because the definitive cut and the director's cut kind of changed the narrative of if Deckard's a replicant or if he's not. And mm-hmm. it kind of changes the whole tone of the movie. And that's where some of these come in where it actually changes the narrative. It changes. It's not just adding in a couple more F-bombs or somebody flashing the camera. It's changing it. And there's some movies that do that very well. There's and few, I think... There's a few that do well, but the part that I get weirded out by, like, for one, I get a little worried that uh, the fan bases are getting a little too too much power in some of the decisions that are happening in movies now. Mm-hmm. Like, with redoing Sonic, releasing the Snyder Cut, like... Fans are getting the heads that they just have a right to get things changed however they want now, which to a point that's true. But at what point do the storytellers get nixed from the equation? Like how many directors or writers see these kind of things happening? Like, why am I even here? Just let the stupid fans write the story. They don't want to see what anything else has anyway. When I don't even think it's I don't even think it's necessarily that. For one, I appreciate that the fans bullied the studio to change Sonic because that made the movie a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I think it also comes from too because you look at you look at Suicide Squad and you look at other movies where we watched them in the theater and you're like, what? And that's because the studio sends in these executives to rewrite the script. Like you've seen it tons of times where movies will fire the writer and they'll bring in somebody to rewrite the script, like they did with Justice League. You know, Snyder's out. Let's bring in Whedon because he's funny or he can write lighthearted things and it just it didn't work mm-hmm. because they still used Snyder's stuff mixed in with weed stuff and it just didn't mend well. Yeah. And then you got movies that actually added yeah, some unnecessary scenes but it also added depth and I'm talking like the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm-hmm. You have the theatrical cuts of the first one at 178 minutes. The extended cut, 208 minutes. That adds quite a bit there. See, I feel I feel like 
that's a good name of the name too for the extent because the Lord of the Rings, everything they cut out of the movie, nothing drastically changed in the story. It was just mm. more of it. Which somebody that loves Lord of the Rings, they will love that extended edition. But mm. I, you get confused, like you said, with the, the the Blade Runners going back and forth. You're trying to show somebody else a version of a movie, and somebody's scrolling through, and they they watch a different version than you. My go-to is I Am Legend, that Will Smith Oof. zombie movie. Yep. The theatrical ending for that movie was sucked. It was a dumpster fire. Like it was, I thought it was a fairly entertaining movie, pretty good. The whole thing and the ending happy. You're like, what the heck was that? And then come to find out, when they released the Blu-ray, we had the alternate ending that suddenly, I think that was matched what was in the book or something like that along those lines. But all of a sudden, that ending, like, wow, that was actually a really, really good ending. The movie makes sense. Like, why, why was this not the actual release? <laughs> well, and that starts the argument too of. I mean, especially early 2000s, you know, when DVDs were a hot commodity, even with Blu-rays of, you know, you're buying this DVD, you're buying the Blu-ray and all of a sudden it has extra features on it with deleted scenes. And I can't think of it, but there's like a couple movies you're watching the deleted scenes. You're like, why was that cut out of the movie? That explains so much. Because mm-hmm. like there's times when you're watching a movie and it's like all of a sudden the character's reacting to something and you're like, what, what just happened? You watch that deleted scene. It makes a lot of sense. So I, I, I agree with you. Maybe go, 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 we go to the, 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 the House on Haunted Hill remake that came out around 2000 what, or so. Paris Hilton? No, no, no. Oh, the House on Haunted Hill. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. not House of Wax. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. And watch that movie. And it's a horror movie. And you watch it. And at the end of it, you go, I don't even understand what the heck just happened. Then go watch the deleted scenes. You're like, oh, that totally mm-hmm. makes sense. I understand what's going on. Okay. Infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> Um, another movie that is kind of a notorious one is Apocalypse Now. So you have the theatrical cut at 147 minutes, right? Then you have the redo or redo of Apocalypse Now at 193 minutes. And then you have the final cut at 182 minutes. So again, it's one of those ones where like the theatrical cut, I'm pretty sure that's the first one I saw, which was good. But then... It just kind of, it, it gets to be a little much. And then you look at the Superman 2 cut, the theatrical cut's 127 minutes, the Richard Donner cut, who's the director, 116 minutes. So he cut out 11 minutes worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, it, it kind of brings up the thing, like, why do directors, why can't they release what they want to release? And I think it comes down to people in Hollywood getting this, money hungry like oh no this is what's going to sell you need to make sure you cut these scenes that make no sense because it's like that one discussion we had is is the movie going to be too long to keep people entertained mm-hmm. was it too long to keep people or if you're talking the older movies there was also physical limitations film reels for movie theaters vhs tapes dvds there was a very finite amount of time you had on there so they had to be specific. Like, oh, you need to cut 22 minutes out of this movie or it's not going to fit on one mm-hmm. disc. We're not putting out a two-disc version of this movie. Or, you know, a VHS tape, you can only go this long, then we got to put two tapes, and that co- doubles the cost of production distribution. So I could see those as being reasons to go for it. Which right. is, and, But the next phase is now, especially that with digital things, uh, the time of the actual media is not existent because it's just digital formats now but it's the attention span of what people will do and how much people watch it and I also think it comes down to like what you said the length but it also comes down to I mean how many times have we watched a PG-13 movie 
and they zoom in on a character and something happens and they say something that doesn't match up with the audio. Because, I mean, we all know what curse words look like when they come out of people's lips. And you're sitting there, you're like, wait, they edited that out. And then you find out, like, to make this movie PG-13, they cut out this, 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 which kind of explained what was going on. Mm-hmm. Because they wanted more butts in the seats. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, 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 again, on this one, I'm trying to trying to play devil's advocate, but at the same time, I'm like, where's the line? Because it, I just pulled up Blade Runner right now. The theatrical cut's 117 minutes, right? Director's cut is 116 minutes. The final cut, 117 minutes. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, they to being the same length. A lot of scenes got reworked mm-hmm. in those in those ones to make, like I said, the narrative change in that movie. So it's like this one says, "Which one should I watch?" The final cut. It's in the name, <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is where it comes down to me: of it's the the intent of all these things, and I think studios and marketing is what gets them the problem all of it. When people have these extra versions or extra added bonuses, the original intent of all that was to give you something else. You already saw this movie in the theater, and now it's coming out on a home video or DVD for you to purchase. We want to give you something else as an incentive to buy it and watch it again and maybe watch it again and watch it again. Mm-hmm. So the idea of having something else, I get that. You want to have a little thing. We're bonus scenes, deleted scenes, stuff we cut out of the movie. That's great. And then it has morphed into this like feuding fights of, well, the studio didn't let me do it the way I wanted to do it, but now that I made a bunch of money, they're going to let me d- cut my piece together and show you what it should have been. Or here's an alternate ending we thought about it did, but not doing it. It's no, give us, add, give us something. Give us the extended version that have more of the movie that we didn't get to see. Don't give us the, you know, cut out footage, which is a green screen of three actors saying four words. And some. I mean, I've seen some of those just through movies and it's, it just flashes on an actor and they're, well, we should go get some lunch. Yeah, we should. That's the dude. That's the word. I mean, there's, that, that, that's your deleted scene. Like, <laughs> there's even there's even some Disney movies like that where I was watching something and they were like, watch with the watch with the deleted scene. So you're sitting there, you're watching the movie. It's all animated, and all of a sudden, one of the deleted scenes is the storyboard, mm-hmm. and it's just you know, it take it just stops the animation, goes to the storyboard with like audio that sounds like it was recorded in a phone booth in 1952, mm-hmm. and then it goes back to the movie. You're like, wait. What? what? What just happened? See, so I, it doesn't... I, I, I think the, the way they should do with some of the director's cuts is rather than just make another version of a movie, something like the end, sit down and direct it with you, watch the movie, and then pause it, and then talk to the director about what else could have happened or what they wanted to do or things that changed and give that actual like behind-the-scenes perspective of it. Well, I think that's where the commentaries come in. Because, I mean, they're, again, the early 2000s... God, I sound so old. The early 2000s, <laughs> the 2000s is... Or the early aughts, there we go a lot of DVDs had the DVD commentary with the actors and the directors. And sometimes, you know, you're watching it and the director or the actors sound like they're bored out of their mind because they got called back in to talk about a movie that they shot 10 years ago mm-hmm. to give behind the scenes stuff. But sometimes you can tell like they're just having fun with it. Uh, and with, I, with nowadays stuff, their thing about this, well, and it's, it's one thing you're trying to, take a movie that came out 10 years ago and put out this new version. But all these studios are thinking well ahead of time while they're filming the movie of all the things they could be doing along with it. And I feel like there could be a lot more intent put on some of this bonus extra footage or getting clips of people talking about the movie while they're working on it that that could be some 
entertainment gold for people. Mm-hmm. But it just it hurts my brain a little bit. And so I'm getting such bad raps too. Let's take Star Wars, the George Lucas remake of Star Wars. Oof. Like those CGI scenes, you watch it now and you're like, why on earth did you ever think this was a good idea to go back and recut these together? Well, I mean, to be <laughs> fair, and there's a perfect example right there. When you're watching A New Hope and they have that edited scene back in where, you know, Han Solo at the time was like just walking on something, but they CGI'd in Jabba the Hutt, which doesn't work because he looks nothing like the puppet from, you know, Return of the Jedi. So it's it's one of those ones where like, like you said, this didn't really need to be in here. I appreciate it, but if you're not going to do it right, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't I, do it. And, another one that had the director's cut that uh, is Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. Really like that Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Very entertaining. One of those movies that you don't know exactly what's going on, so it causes lots of fun arguments afterward to kind of discuss what means what what happened there. But the, but the director's cut out that had another 20 minutes of footage, but most of the director's cut for it was just like text explanations of things, like opening a book and reading a page that explains exactly what's happening. You're like, well, this it's not fun anymore. Right, it's all <laughs> expositional, you know, they're just saying You just, this you just turn this ambiguous on. plot into a C-spot run book, like... <laughs> Holy crap, here we go. Here's here. I knew there had to be something. So 1927, the movie Metropolis. The theatrical cut, 114 minutes. The Giorgio Mordor version, 83 minutes. The restored authorized edition, 124 minutes. The complete Metropolis, 148 minutes. So I knew there had to be something earlier than the 70s. Yeah. So... Just <sighs> like, I, I could see the future... And all these different endings, once movies like go Black Mirror style and you can start doing like almost a choose-your-own-adventure style with a movie, mm-hmm. I can see that being the future of somebody that's way smarter than I am figuring out how to make movies do something like that. But as it stands right now, movies are standalone pieces. Let's just make them good. <laughs> well, and I think that's, again, that goes back to the whole discussion of how much power do directors, producers, writers actually have when the studio execs can come in and go, yeah, you need to recut this. You need to reshoot this. You need to cut this out. And cause I mean, that's where we're going to put I some mean, teenage girls in a car wash in this scene on here too. Right. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, you know, unfortunately on this list is like three Zack Snyder films, all comic book ones, but it's one of those ones I get it with the stupid comedies because they just wanted to add more jokes that they probably couldn't add in the theater without making it, you know, whatever. But again, Mm -hmm. like you said, those jokes are usually over the top, not really needed, or they're just a running joke that's already done. Yeah, by the time right. you get to watching that cut of it, you're like, yeah, that might have been funny the first time I saw it, but yeah, whatever. Because <laughs> what I, I remember, American Pie did that, did the unrated one, and it didn't really add much to it other than, I think, a little bit more nudity and some more adult humor-related things. Mm. But I remember when that came out, it piqued my interest because it's like, unrated, what are they going to show? Because, you know, it was the late 90s. You just imagined the webcam scene getting much, much more... Revealing. Graphic, yeah. Because <laughs> it's one of those ones that you're like, they use the term unrated to pique your interest, and you watch it, you're like, that's not what I thought unrated meant, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that, that comes down to, should studios let directors have full control rather than do the thing and then 
have final say because I mean we're looking at some of this some of these things like the director's cuts are adding extra 20 to 30 to 40 minutes on top of it I mean you look at the Snyder cut Snyder snip sorry of Justice <laughs> League and it's four hours long when it was like what a little over two hours the original yeah, one I think it was like 220 or something like that yeah it's I, I have the same way when you just I just see that runtime and everything like I should sit down and watch <sighs> no I've got to do something today <laughs> right <laughs> And you look at Watchmen, which the theatrical cut, I mean, Watchmen's not a great movie, but it was very true to the source. The theatrical cut, this is another Snyder snip, of 162, director's cut 186, ultimate cut 215 minutes. That's a lot of time. And I'm looking at this, since there's so many Snyder movies on here, maybe the studio should just back off and let Snyder release what he wants to release. Well, somebody's got to give him a chance, because at some point after this keeps happening... Doesn't somewhere in the contract negotiations somebody puts down their foot in the sand and be like, "Look, I'm gonna make this movie like I'm gonna make this movie, or I'm not gonna make this movie." The end. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. at what point does does somebody start drawing a line in the sand? And I wonder if the transition of the movie industry. I mean, obviously, movie theaters start to open back up again, but we'll see how they survive or what changes going forward in the future. With so many things going to the digital release of it. I think studio execs might lose a little bit of power if people can release something. Well, fine, I'm not going to put it in your movie theaters. We'll just put it on Netflix. We'll just put it on Amazon. Or we'll just put it on Peacock. Or we'll just put it on HBO Max. Or They'll let us do what we want. <laughs> or even from there, they're now looking at it like, we'll just make it a limited run series. Mm-hmm. Where you know they take this, what could have been a two-hour movie, and now segment it into six one-hour parts with so technically just like a six hour movie just with different segments now mm-hmm. i guess that's the advantage of you know all the streaming platforms with because i mean that's what some of them are doing with the stuff you're like oh you watch it but how how soon is it going to be before it's going to be like a uh, uh, minority report style where they're going to release something on disney plus or hbo max and they've got all these different versions of the movie and they're going to be watching the metrics of people watching the movie whoa, whoa no 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 no! we've got a whole bunch of kids on here put in put in cut 16 for the next one not cut 15 mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to edit it on the fly and try and catch what people are wanting well here's here's yeah here's one that I'm pretty sure they changed it because they wanted a more lighthearted ending, and that's Little Shop of Horrors. You got the theatrical cut at 94 minutes, then the director's cut of 103 minutes. Uh, one of the big differences is the main characters kind of die at the end. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it kind of changes the narrative of that one big time. So, I mean, it. Or maybe if they do it in, in jest, like. Uh, Wayne's World style. If you could do a movie and then have the end, you have it re-released with the DVD or the digital release with the alternate innings, but then just do like over-the-top camp. Like, here's the super happy everybody wins inning. Here's the depressing everybody dies inning. Here's the whatever. Like, you know, do some of that. Just have some fun with it that's not actually, like, that wouldn't have actually happened in the movie, but if, you know, it was a horrible description. You get where I'm going with that, right? But that kind of, the kind of, changes the thing too of oh my god i just got reminded sorry scrolling i don't know if you ever watched it but the new world nope oh with colin farrell and is based on pocahontas that was not a good movie but there's different versions of that just like alexander and what was the other one there's another one the with orlando bloom anyway but I mean, that it, it comes down to the point where you're sitting there watching it and it changes the narrative and you're talking to somebody about the movie and you're like, oh, yeah, I can't believe they died at the end. And I'm like, wait, what? What happened? <laughs> Did I miss something? 
but uh, it's director's cuts, extended cuts. It's it causes arguments for people because there's the reason half of them get made now is because there's a bunch of people that aren't happy, whether mm-hmm. that be moviegoers, whether it be fans of the particular genres, whether it become the directors or producers or writers themselves. So it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of rough that every if a movie has one of those, like if you already know there's a director's cut coming before it hits theaters, you know, there was some big fights going on in some back rooms while it was getting made. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, especially now in the days of social media and everything like that, like you, I mean, look at all the buildup with Justice League when it was coming out. We saw all the drama while it was being made and in post-production. So we knew that things were going on. And like with social media now and everything like that, what there was a movie recently that came out where a director, he's like, don't go see my movie. It's trash. They, they butchered it. And like they left all these scenes on the cutting room floor. Just don't see it. I mean... We're to that point now. We're like, and then it then it peaks interest of, I want to see this movie that he's talking about, mm-hmm. and I think that's why a lot of people want to see Suicide Squad, you know, the David Ayer cut because they we all watched it. It wasn't great. Mm-hmm. It it was so chopped up, but not good. <laughs> yeah, it was it was entertaining. I haven't watched it since. I mean, right now there's what a different version of it, extended cut, but it's not the true vision of what he wanted. Mm-hmm. So. It's one of those ones where I'm like, do we draw a line at it or do we just start letting studios release everything and then we pick and choose which one we want? I, I feel like with the modern digital, maybe that's the way to go. If right? they are throwing a fed up, i like, all right, you guys have a fight. You guys put your movie together. I'll put my movie there. You can release them both and see which one does better. <laughs> oh, have them duke it out at the box office. I like that. Yeah, I mean, imagine the... Yeah, the following you could get if they could you could get a movie studio to partner with something like you know Netflix or Disney Plus or HBO that would actually allow that to happen. Release something and have two different versions and have people cast their votes or reviews or ratings or whatever on both sides of it. Yeah, it would be skewed because people would use their influencing capabilities to skew it one way or the other. But over time and with enough people watching, you'd very dynamically see if there was one that was better than the other. What I don't even necessarily think it would skew anything. I think there's a lot of people who are not dumb like you and me, but nerds or curious to where we will go see this two-hour version of it, and then we'll go out and go, I wonder what that's about. I mean, how many... Look at what Lord of the Rings did. Lord of the Rings did that. Mm-hmm. They'll, they, I mean, they could go put the, the the extended cuts in the theater right now, back-to-back, and people will be lined up to go see it. And... Yep. It's one of those ones where it's, I mean, especially when they're like re-releasing movies now, they're like, oh, the 10th anniversary with added footage, and they put them back in the movie theaters, and it still brings people in. So why not release Justice League version one and version two at the same time, and then people can either choose, or if you're like us, you're like, I saw that one, let's go see this one. Mm-hmm. I'm probably watching both, I mean. Somebody's I mean, probably going to steal this idea and make millions of dollars. I'm going to be really upset at them, but whatever. Well, I mean, that's because uh, that's kind of what the streaming services are doing right now anyway. So, I mean, because you could pull up Netflix. And I guarantee you like that you can pick different versions of, of the, some of the movies on there. I mean, look at HBO with Justice League, like what they're doing. So, I mean, it's already kind of happening, but. Just bring it to the mainstream. Yeah. I don't know how many times I, you know, you grew up in a movie store or not grew up, but you worked <laughs> at a movie store. So, you know, like the whole discussion that people would get of like, 
Um, actually, you don't want to watch this one. That's not the full form. You want to watch this version right here because this is the true one. And it got, you know, arguments or heated discussions. And now it's kind of like it's all Internet forums now that discuss it. But yeah, there, there was there was something magical and disturbingly terrifying of getting into those arguments with people in the movie store. And some I'm using this experience, not to stereotype, but uh, <laughs> a very uh, aromatic 24-year-old that had a shirt that was too small came in trying to give me the what for of a couple movies that we had that were labeled as certain collection versions of the movies, but they were really not full-frame shot on... This was back in the VHS type days, so... I Yeah. You had (laughs) widescreen or you had (laughs) square. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Director's Cuts, what do you think about it? Were there any that you absolutely love... Or do you think that director's cuts are a terrible idea? I will say the unrated version of Van Wilder is better than the R-rated version. Oh, yeah. That one, I that one I can attest to. I, I think we can preface that our entire discussion goes back to that some of these cuts do have good things in them. Yeah, that's true. But in general, a lot of them necess- don't necessarily have a whole lot of good things. So, I'm not saying all extended cuts are bad. I'm not saying all director's cuts are bad, but. There are and, some bad ones. <laughs> and is it okay that some of them change the narrative of the movie? Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, I Am Legend changes it completely at the end. Mm-hmm. If, if somebody makes a movie, do you want to know that somebody else thought there should have been a different ending enough that they made a different ending? Mm-hmm. To where you... you Because, I mean, how many times have we been let down? We're watching a movie, and then the ending, and you're like, that sucks. And you find out there's actually... Either a darker ending, I mean, because I, I guess, you know, they have the focus groups where they test, do the video test, and people are like, Ooh, I didn't like that ending, it's not happy enough, and that's why they get reshoots, and then we watch it in the theaters like, that made no sense! <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'll stop. <laughs> yeah, we, we, you can't stop talking about it. so you go to the comments section at Get Geekish and let everybody have it. Let's start an argument. Go argue about director's cuts right now on our Facebook page. Right? Which, <laughs> which director cuts blanche. the best? Just go to it. <laughs> Which Blade Runner is the best one? You got three different cuts. Choose. <laughs> oh my god! Then you get it. Look, I made my own cut. Oh god! <laughs> I made my uh, own Snyder snip. Uh, let us know at Get Geekish, and we will talk at you next week. Bye.